I don't remember how exactly I learned the 23rd Psalm in its entirety, uh, but I do know the earliest voice I can trace is one from the mid-90s and a rapper named Coolio. (laughs) Apologies to anyone who didn't spend their formative years in the mid to late 90s. In his song, Gangsta's Paradise, Coolio samples both the 23rd Psalm and Stevie Wonder. And I really am going to spare you any recitation of the lyrics unless you happen to be stuck in my car when it comes on the radio. But it's essentially a song of lament, where Coolio walks through the valley of the shadow of death and realizes it is his whole life. And he names the influences and voices that trap him in his lust for power, control, prestige, money. A lament about the societal cycle that feeds on itself with the unnatural greed and violence of an Ouroboros. I'm not sure why it held such a grip on me as a third grade white girl in Pratt, Kansas. I don't know, I've always loved a minor key. Maybe I was having some awakening to the reality that sometimes things just never get better, maybe. But let's be honest, I was uh, even more devoted to Weird Al's parody of it, Amish Paradise. Yeah, okay. But eventually, I came to learn the other words of the 23rd Psalm through other voices. My grandmother's tremulous voice rises discernible among the country twang of the preachers at every funeral I ever attended, all jumbled up with Coolio and that private voice that only I hear when reading silently. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. Sheep and sheepishness are major features in scripture. The first time we hear of sheep in the Bible is in the story of Cain and Abel, all the way back in Genesis 4, where God regards the shepherd Abel's offering of the first lambs of his flock, but disregards farmer Cain's offering of the fruit of the grounds. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, David, Amos, they were all shepherds, a humble occupation, often held by the youngest in the family, but an honored one as well, in that startling way that the Bible has of honoring the youngest over the eldest, the trickster over the honorable, the mama's boy over the manly outdoorsman. One of Israel's favorite metaphors for itself is a flock of sheep, tended by the shepherds of prophets and kings until the shepherds end up killed or abandoning the flock, which is scattered in exile. So when we hear our gospel of the good shepherd today, Jesus isn't coming up with a lovely, lilting pastoral image out of the blue about someday leading everyone off to heaven. He's reminding us what God has promised to do for Israel in the world. Remember Psalm 23, it's the thing that's happening now, and claiming that it's happening in him. Jesus identifies himself with the ultimate shepherd, who is God, and who calls out, who says, 
My sheep will know me by my voice. What's that voice sound like? Jehovah's Witnesses are big in these parts, you've probably noticed. Uh, Two came to my door a while back. It didn't end well for them, I don't think. Um, They started with a question, though. Where did I think people could find advice for living a good life? They were super sweet and well-dressed, and I was standing there with unwashed hair and wearing days-old flannel, so I uh, stifled some of my more petulant answers about where to find good advice, which uh, involved Dan Savage and a good therapist, but uh, they inevitably, as you can guess, pointed me to the Bible. I love the Bible. I also do not follow a lot of advice given in the Bible, and for good reason. Wives are not property. Uh, Genocide is horrific. Shrimp are delicious. Disobedient children shouldn't be killed. Uh, And you don't have to wear hats in church, ladies, if you don't want to. Full stop. We read the Bible, and we know that there are a lot of human voices in its pages, which doesn't make it any less holy or beautiful or necessary. We do have an incarnational faith. But Jesus himself offers very little advice, good or otherwise. He offers instead good news. Jesus doesn't come to change the nature of the sheep, which is another way of saying what I was happily chatting about to a couple of very sweet and increasingly dubious Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) God's love is not predicated on another's ability to change. We know this from our experience of love. No relationship is founded on the statement, I will love you if you change first. Love is the base level. It's the soil from which all goodness and possibility and even change grows from. The metaphor morphs, however, for Jesus, as the good shepherd also takes on the role of the sacrifice. The sacrificial sheep will not die, but the shepherd will. And his death will mean the end of the sacrificial system, The death that he dies is ours, and his resurrection will be too. We will be changed, but first we will be loved. This is good news for all of us who are incorrigibly, irrevocably, intrinsically sheep. It relieves a terrible burden from us high-functioning sheep who want to separate ourselves out from the flock because of our superior reasoning or breeding or behavior. You will hear his voice and know it and follow it. But that part always unsettled me. What's that voice sound like? Humans hear lots of voices, you know what I mean? The 23rd Psalm alone brings up a dozen of them for me. Coolio's voice through the foam padding of my Walkman earphones the murmured recitation at my grandma's funeral, now all of you in this room reading along. 
But the other pieces of my memorized material are a great and discordant legion. Songs, slogans, slander, slights that stick in ways that compliments never do, mantras, pizza chain jingles from the 80s, the entire canon of Monty Python, the messages of child that are of childhood that are stuck fast for better and worse, liturgy, the Lord's Prayer, the Pledge of Allegiance, my granddad's mealtime grace, in short, a mishmash of holy and good and irreverent and unhelpful and downright annoying voices. For anyone similarly worried about which of those voices is the one to follow, anyone worried that they may have missed it, the Bible has some good advice, actually. Here's a line in the 23rd Psalm. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. The Hebrew there translated as follow isn't just that you've seen something and you're walking after it. The following is God's, after you. It's more like chases, pursues, hounds. God pursues an alienated world, our lonely, sheepish souls, bringing us all into the fold of God. This voice follows you. And then it asks you to do something about it, too. I think it's what we're doing here, listening for the voice that says we are loved, and then trying it out for ourselves, practicing weekly with our voices to form them more closely to the patient, unobtrusive one that speaks as love does.